0: Bonjour les amis et bienvenue, welcome to the next episode of the Paris Lessons. Merci d'être là. Thank you for being here. I want to start off by sharing a few wonderful events or spectacles that I was at this week à Paris in Paris. First, you might have seen on Instagram stories, I was at the Théâtre de l'Odéon, where I saw Les Mille et une nuit directed by Guillaume Vincent. It was it was amazing. This very modern rendition of a rather ancient tale. The music was incredible, the performances were incredible, the colors were incredible. I highly encourage you if you are here in Paris to go see that. Next, I was at a Dear Friends restaurant opening in the 1e arrondissement, in the 11th arrondissement. You may have seen that on Instagram stories also. It's called Dirty Lemon. You can follow them on Instagram. It's dirtylemon.paris. I am so proud of my friend and just absolutely elated for her. The menu's amazing. The... Uh, Everything's just amazing. The decor, it's so, it's very, very chic. It's very cozy, and the music is incredible. You have to see it for yourself. Next, I was at the current exhibit or expo of Francis Bacon at the Centre Pompidou. I haven't put this on Instagram stories yet, so that's on French. It's beautiful on Instagram. So I'd actually, I'd never been to such a large presentation of works of Francis Bacon. One of the highlights of this exhibit is there's a video interview, a series of interviews that have been put together with him at the end, and you actually hear him speaking French. And I loved discovering his voice in French, which is very much related to the theme of this episode, Your Voice. He was born in Ireland, but he has he has a very, uh, very English accent. And when you hear him speak French, it's just so charming. And it's actually not surprising that uh, he has such a beautiful command of the French language, because as I learned through this exhibit, he's someone who really, really, really loved to read. And I'm sure that he, one of his motivations, I don't know this for a fact, but I would imagine that one of his motivations to learn French was to be able to read works in French in their original language. So if you're here in Paris, I highly encourage you to go see that. It's here until January twentieth, 2020. I also wanted to mention that, so not only did I do, did I visit the Francis Bacon exhibit, but I actually had a private, uh, it was a group, visit, or visit, but it was with a private guide. And so I organized this through a wonderful organization called Paris Gay Village. You can find them on parisgayvillage.com. Our guide's name was Alex, and he has so much to say about art and history and um, really just made. I mean, he had examples ready for us on his iPad for, you know, the paintings behind the inspiration of some of Francis Bacon's works, the photographs they were based on. He really added a whole dimension to this visit that I wouldn't have had otherwise, and really a dimension that was completely essential, because one of the figures that appears over and over again in Francis Bacon's work is his partner, George Dyer. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Paris Gay Village and say merci. This is not sponsored. This is something that I sought out on my own. And I look forward to doing more visites with them. All of their guides, um, I was just reading the bios earlier today, have such incredible expertise. And as I said, it just it really like was above and beyond my expectations Before we get into the episode's content, I just wanted to make one other announcement. The next Dream in French class is happening ici à Paris, here in Paris, le 15 décembre, December 15th, once again at Moto Yoga Paris. So if you're interested in signing up for that, you can do so at speakfrenchspreadlove.com. Et voilà, chers amis. And there you go, dear friends. So this weeks episode is focused on your voice or ta voix en français in french and i'm going to approach this from a few different angles It's interesting because you probably well, you probably already heard me talk about language a bit in prior episodes and the ways in which language can be limiting. This is something that I've thought of a lot and have studied quite a bit as a philosophy student here at La Sorbonne, at the Sorbonne. You know, in this human experience, the best thing that we have to communicate with one another is words. However, sometimes, oftentimes perhaps... Words fail us, but we forget the power of our physical voice, our actual voice, both when it comes to communicating with the outside world, and also when it comes to relating to ourselves. Someone sent me, normally I save the questions for the end, but this question that I received this week was so in line with this week's theme that I wanted to just to kind of use it to open up our topic. So someone asked me the question, when did you finally feel fluent when speaking French? Merci, thank you so much to the listener who sent this in. This is so serendipitous as I was preparing this episode. So first thing, many of you, if you're one of my students, you already know that I'm, I'm rather averse to the term fluent, or the adjective fluent, or the idea of fluency why. So technically, fluency, being fluent in a language means speaking it or writing it with ease. However, unfortunately, and here this is a good example actually of some of the limits of language because sometimes, sometimes words take on a whole new meaning as more and more layers of culture over time are added to them. So I think that fluency is a great example of this because somehow over time, and I think this because of the messages that I receive from my students and also based on my own experience learning languages, fluency has become associated with this idea of speaking a language perfectly or knowing all of the words in a language. And many of you have already heard my thoughts on the idea of seeking perfection or le perfectionisme, perfectionism en français. So what I encourage you to say instead of you know being fluent is being fluid. So fluidity means that something can change shape easily. And this is what I wish for all of you in your French journey. That's what I call our lifelong wonderful adventure with La langue Francaise, the French language as we're students of it. This is important because One of the things that we need to be able to not only change easily, but accept the change of easily when we're learning another language is our voix, our voice. Many times we become convinced that... We are, we're, we're on a bloque, that we're blocked from making progress when it comes to speaking another language because we're obsessed with how we sound to other people, especially to those people who are native speakers of that language. Or, you know, we're obsessed with the idea of, of making a mistake, right? Or not feeling smart or not seeming smart. That said, I think that really what's happening at the bottom of everything is we're having a hard time becoming comfortable hearing our new voice in another language. Because it really, truly is a new voice. J'ai une voix différente quand je parle français. I have a different voice when I speak French. I have a different voice when I speak Spanish. Now, as I've gotten back into my Italian studies and I'm really committed, to, to having a relationship with Italian that's deeper than I've ever had before. And now that I have a lot of new uh, Italian colleagues in my through my classes at the Sorbonne, and so I have more opportunities to speak Italian, I'm becoming used to my Italian voice, right? And that's a lot of what happens for me when I speak up in class in Italian, when I'm feeling sort of insecure or nervous. It's really... Of course it's 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 in part because I'm conscious of what what other people how they're perceiving my my voice in Italian but it's really when I get down to the bottom of it it's the sort of initial shock this discomfort even of hearing myself expressed in Italian it's really like becoming acquainted with a completely new part of myself. Et c'est normal. And it's normal when you think about it in this sense. Like I said earlier with Francis Bacon, how wonderful to hear his French voice. And this is why I try as much as I can through my newsletter or through social media or through my online courses to really um, furnish my students and the people who follow French is Beautiful with examples of non-native French speakers. Speaking French naturally, speaking French fluidly. So when did I finally feel, I'll say fluid, when speaking French? This is such a wonderful question. I finally felt fluid the moment that I became comfortable with my French voice. It wasn't a moment, it wasn't after you know a series of times of being complimented by French people on my French. It wasn't the fact that more and more and more in Paris when I was a student here, that people were speaking back to me in French in cafes. It was really this magical moment that I had one day where I just became, I realized that I was very familiar with, i.e. very used to hearing myself speak French. And this is why it's important to give ourselves ample opportunity to speak French clearly so that we can just exercise our muscle when it comes to French um, conversation practice, but also because we need to give ourselves opportunities to become acquainted with hearing our French voice. That's why I always encourage my students to speak French along with me in my audios, not just to repeat after me in the spaces that I provide for practice, but also to ultimately speak French with me so that you can become acquainted with your French voice. Merci, ma belle, for this wonderful question. Thank you, my beauty. If you would like to send me a question for a future episode, I would love to hear from you. Questions, there's no such thing as a silly question. It can be anything related to life in Paris, French language, French culture. I love your questions because they're a wonderful way for me to be of service, but also because oftentimes questions, your questions, help me to think of topics in a new way. So it's Ann at frenchisbeautiful.com. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-A-N-N-E at frenchisbeautiful.com. So, on the topic of our voice, I wanted to extend more now into a more specific topic that of communication and really the, the differences in communication between French culture and American culture. And of course, I'm generalizing, and always, of course, I'm not, uh, I'm never intending to favor one culture over the other. I, j'adore la culture américaine. I love American culture, and I love French culture as I live between both. My, my idea is really to just pre- present you with the differences, the fascinating differences, I think, that, that I've found and that I continue to find between each. So one of the wonderful ways in which you can see how the French, specifically French women, use their voices in a much more, uh, let's call it succinct and direct way than American women do, is if you were to listen to a, an American podcast and a French podcast. So La Poudre is one of the one of my favorite French language podcasts, or Les Chemins de la Philo. That's another wonderful one. Um, so I highly encourage you to listen to those, not only to practice your French comprehension, your listening comprehension, but also to get an idea of what I'm talking about. So one of the things that you'll hear immediately, and again, this isn't a judgment, this is just observation, you'll, you'll, you'll hear less filler in the French podcast than you will in the American podcast. In American culture, we have more of a tendency to please to want to put the other person at ease. In French culture, it's very different, and it's not that the French don't want to please, and it's not that they're completely indifferent to other people's feelings, not at all. They just have a culture that seems to to have a different understanding when it comes to, to where the line of responsibility is between Um, putting other people at ease and having faith that, that other people can express for themselves when they're not at ease or, yeah, basically that. So what we find in French culture when it comes to communication is not only trust that other people can communicate clearly for themselves, but also this foundation of the understanding of the universal experience of what it means to be human with all of the positive things and all of the negative things and not so much a tendency to avoid the negative and to keep it uber, uber positive. So one of the ways that this manifests in French communication or French voices versus American communication or American voices is you'll hear a lot more, just a lot more filler in, in an American conversation. And I'm using the example of, of a podcast, but you can notice this week where you hear this in conversation. If you're an American listening to this, you can notice where you find yourself doing this. I really have, since moving to France in 2015, I've, you know, one of the wonderful things when you live between two cultures is it really gives you this completely new perspective on your ways of being in the world that you've never been able to notice before because they were so in line with the culture that you were living in before, right? But when you move to a new culture, what happens is these these differences really manifest themselves because they're being received differently in your new culture. So for example, uh, one of the things I notice off the bat when I listen to an American podcast versus a French podcast is I hear a lot more laughter, like filler laughter. Um, You know, one of the things we say in in at least American English a lot is, you know, oh, it's funny. It was so funny, but we don't really mean it's funny, or we're laughing in cases where actually things might be uncomfortable, or we're a bit nervous, not really because something was actually that funny. Also, you tend to hear, you can kind of hear in we can always hear in the French podcast. There's just more. Calm there's something about the communication that's more direct, and I believe this is for two reasons uh, number one there there's something and I'm discovering this more and more as I study philosophy, you know through the lens of French culture there's really a value placed on words in French culture. the French really, really value clear communication, and this is something that they're taught all the way through school. This is one of the reasons why, uh, why you know, French education is notoriously challenging. But you see how this manifests in everyday life. People tend to be very succinct and very, very clear. Now, this is also easier to do when you know yourself really well. And if you've taken my French Confidence course, and you, then you'll see the connections to what I'm saying um, that are in the communication section of that course. And one of the best ways to at least give yourself the chance to know yourself well is to have rest in your life, to have a, a wonderful degree of self-acceptance, right? I mentioned that universal human experience to give yourself permission to be unhappy sometimes, to give yourself permission to feel like staying home, to give yourself permission to disagree with someone. The French are wonderful at uh, artfully disagreeing with others. But again, this ties back to their education because, you know, um, constructing solid arguments, having clear communication is something that they have guidance in all the way through school. I also think, though, it's wonderful how in American communication, we tend to have this sort of more unbridled expression of emotions, um, this you really you really sense this this American energy in the voices of American women, which I think is completely charming and which French people do too, by the way. And it's interesting how that manifests for me as an American living in France. For example, you know, of course I, I follow all the social customs of the bonjour and the bonne journée and the merci, but also I'll always, I think, have my big American smile. And I'll also always have my tendency to maybe, uh sometimes not exactly follow the tone that a French person would in a conversation. Par exemple, for example, I'll always remember, this was a few years ago, I was on the phone with my banquier, with my banker. Banquier is how we would say a female banker en Francais in French. And my best friend Xavier, who you've heard me talk about a lot before, had he had this sort of sweet smile and kind of gave me a look out of the corner of his eye when I hung up the phone. And I said, what, qu'est-ce que j'ai fait, what did I do? And he said, no, no, you didn't do anything. But he said, it's hard to explain. He said, that's just, you didn't, you were like a touch too friendly, almost as if you knew her in your personal life more than, you know, than a French person would typically be on the phone with their banker. So our voices change a lot in French culture. And this, you know, also relates to the using tu versus using vous our tone changes a lot when it's personal or professional. When it's an acquaintance or a friend. This happened to me this week at the Sorbonne. <laughs> I there. I know most of the professors in the philosophy program now. Um, at least, if I haven't had a class with them, I know them. I know them by their by their face. And I was in a in a conference. Sort of an extracurricular conference about um, about dignity, actually, just to give you a peek into what some of the themes are that we talk about in philosophy. And next to me, uh, there was a woman who um, I hadn't recognized. I didn't recognize her as being on the staff, and we were um, just sort of, you know, joking in a little bit. And then my colleague. Myriam, actually, who many of you have heard me talk about in Speak French, Spread Love. She's the amazing Parisienne that I've discovered to help you practice your French conversation and also give you lessons online. I can't say enough wonderful things about her. So after this woman on my left, uh, she left the room for a second, I think, to take a phone call, and Myriam turned to me and she said, you don't recognize her, do do you? And I said, oh. She's a professor, isn't she? And she said, yeah, mais back <laughs> She said, yeah, but it's not a big deal. So, yeah, I, I absolutely, I didn't say anything crazy, but I was being really friendly and making jokes, and that's not really what you would do in a student-professor relationship here. And Miriam, she was so sweet. She said, no, but that's part of, you know, that's that's part of your charm. I'm sure you were a breath of fresh air because it kind of, you know, Breathe some energy into what can sometimes be a very serious atmosphere. So, voila, those are some wonderful examples of, of how we use our voice to not just communicate in words, but to communicate in tone, in our tone here, en France, in France. The other thing, and this was the last, sort of the last uh, comment that I wanted to make about your voice is, actually it's two things. So concerning the physical aspect of your voice, and this is something that actually uh, takes me back to when I was in theater school, but it's something I was reminded of observing French voices here. So because when we speak French, we can't project like I'm projecting now, speaking American English. So what I, what I mean by that is I'm going to snap my fingers, and after I snap my fingers, I'm going to speak in the way that I normally speak in French. So I'm going to change my volume a lot, and you're going to hear that I'm no longer projecting. You're going to hear that I'm really just using my lips to enunciate and not my entire mouth. So when I speak French, this is how I speak. And it sounds in American English like I'm whispering or maybe like I'm trying to seduce you. But this is how we speak, quand on parle en français, when we speak in French. Okay, back to my American English voice. So you cannot speak the way I was just speaking when I speak in French unless we have a relaxed voice, unless our body is relaxed. This is one of the reasons why French people always come off to us as so confident. It's because they're calm, right? And one of the things that we have that happens when our body's relaxed and we're calm is that the register of our voice drops quite a bit. The difference in the registers of American versus French voices, it's not only that Americans speak uh, more loudly, which isn't just that, you know, we're loud Americans, not at all. There's actually a, a very physical reason for it. It's because we have a language that lends itself to being projected. Also, that lends itself to being spoken at a higher frequency. So we tend to also have voices that are that have a higher pitch to them. Versus in French, we don't project, right? Our volume is lower, so our bodies are relaxed. And the register of our voices tends to be much lower. So I'm sharing this with you because if you're ever in a situation where, you're, where you find yourself um, you know, speaking at a really high pitch, at a pitch that's higher than normal, this is a really great indication, indication that you're not relaxed, that something's happening. Maybe something just upset you. Um, it could be as simple also, too, as you know, you're, you're talking to someone who you admire a lot. We've all had these experiences at, like, you know, I don't know, book signings or, or you know, the nerves of, like, a first date. So when you, if you can start to become witness to your voice, this can actually really help you to be um, in deeper communion with yourself, or even with your soul, if you will. And this kind of um, skill, this, this being able to observe your voice is going to really help you as you become more and more familiar with your French voice. As we become more familiar with our voice, as we're able to observe it more, this also gives us renewed faith in its power so we can rely more on our voice and less on our words. And I'm not saying that we're going to suddenly come to the conclusion that you know words are useless or meaningless. All I mean is that we're going to be able to communicate in a way that's more succinct, so using less words, and communicate in a way that's more direct, but that's not harsh. That's not aggressive. That's actually soft. Sometimes we, we can use words or the amount of words we use to hide, right? to cover the fact that we're trying to express something that's very, very uncomfortable for us. There is kindness in clarity. The French have a wonderful way of communicating directly that's generally soft. It's been very rare, the instances of passive aggression that I've seen in French culture. However, I did see one the other day on the subway where, you know, a woman the subway was really crowded, kind of like what you'd see in New York in the morning when people are going to work, and, and, this, and one woman was really upset because this other woman was pushing her, and she was very polite, but she wasn't looking the other woman in the eyes as she was saying what she was saying. It was, you know, as I said, one of the rare instances of passive aggression in French culture, but case in point, you know, what made it passive aggressive is that she wouldn't look at, the, look at the other woman in her eyes, which is important because if you can find a way to really say what you mean and to do it in a soft way and to do it in a way in which you can still be comfortable looking the other person in the eyes, then you found the way to have really clear communication between your energy or your soul or yourself and the world. What I've noticed since moving to France in my own communication And what I notice sometimes when I'm speaking with my American friends and family back home or when I'm back in the States is we've confused in American culture um, direct communication with aggressive communication. We've somehow lost sight of the fact that direct communication can be very soft. And when I mean soft, I mean not defensive. Or offensive. I hope that that part's obvious. But, you know, definitely not defensive. It's it's normal to want to feel defen- defensive when you're communicating very directly because in some ways you're making yourself vulnerable. But so much, we use our voices so much to, you know, voices meaning the physical quality of our voices um, or the words that we're choosing to r- express our voices with to really um create a lack of clarity, be out of fear of expressing what we really, really mean or what we really, really need. And this fear gets built up. And so then when we finally find the courage or the need to express ourselves directly, it comes out in a very defensive way. And I promise you, there's a way to use your voice that's direct and that's clear. But that's also kind and compassionate, and this is one of the one of the greatest gifts that French culture has given me. Um, my, I am by no means an expert in communication, but I had no idea before I moved here um, how much I had complicated my communication, and I had no idea because I was living in a culture. Um, where this happens often, but when I moved here and I had the same sort of communication style and I was constantly put in situations, you know, you know, administrative situations, getting my visa or at the bank or whatever, where people just wanted me to communicate the essential, right, and I didn't have to dance around it or explain things so much, or even in my personal relationships here, realizing, you know, wow, French culture is really a culture where not only can your not only is your your truth, whether it's positive or negative, very well received, but it's expected, you know. Sorry, I don't want to come to dinner tonight, I'm exhausted. Je te comprend, I understand you. That's a, you know, that's a really that's a wonderful response to get. And that's encouragement, right? It encourages one. It's encouraged me to not only just accept myself more but to be more comfortable expressing myself, and probably most importantly, to really believe, to have faith that that will be well received. And I think the underlying theme of all of this, too, is to stop underestimating other people's capacity to to understand me when I'm communicating really directly. Et voilà, chers amis. And there you go. Dear friends, encore merci d'être là. Again, thank you so much for being here. You can email me your questions or comments at Anne C-A-R-R-I-E, A-N-N-E, at frenchisbeautiful.com. And of course, keep up with me on Instagram at French is beautiful. Je vous embrasse. I send you a kiss. Et je vous souhaite une très belle journée. And I wish you a very beautiful day.